0: Shaggy's House of Horrors, episode two. We know what we're getting into with that little snippet. No doubt about it. Here in northwestern Pennsylvania, in a little town called Erie, PA, right next door to what my Idiotville colleagues like to call Alcohol Alley. I wonder why they call it that. Probably smells like alcohol, piss, and shame. And pizza, because there's a pizza place right next door. Crazy. You know what else goes good with pizza? Renting movies. Y'all remember that little... Retail pharmacy called Farmore There's a little video store in there And uh, My friends and I used to go I had uh, a older woman as a neighbor whose grandkids Who I became friends with used to uh, Come visit her on the weekends And our routine was to always go to Farmore And to rent movies and as a 7 year old you know, just browsing the covers. Like this looks scary. This looks interesting. This doesn't. This scares the fuck out of me. Well, there's always a little cover. And by the way, oh yeah, they had those squeeze boxes. The uh, the squeezable VHS boxes. Everyone's like, what the fuck is a VHS? <laughs> we have Blu-ray in 4K now. There's no such thing as VHS anymore. Um, they had the squeeze cases. Anyway, so out of the corner of my eye, um, was Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. And I never wanted to watch it because the cover scared the fuck out of me, the living shit out of me. And it didn't only really scare the living shit out of me; it also scared the living shit out of Stephen King. He put it in a drawer and didn't publish it for years because it scared the, cra- and it scared the crap out of him because a lot of it was close to home. He actually moved, um, moved into a countryside home with a pet cemetery. Um, befriended a old man neighbor. Uh, his cat got run over by a car and, uh, he had a couple close calls with the road and, uh, and his son as well. Although thank God, not the fate of, uh, of gauge. It just blows my mind though, that somebody like Stephen King, who was basically on a Coke binge when he fucking wrote Stephen King's it and threw you know, a teenage fucking orgy in it, that, um, that this was nothing, but I guess it was something to him. You'd think that would scare the fuck out of him, but I guess it didn't. This one did. And uh, it was directed by Mary Lambert, who's not known for much, but a few uh, a few Madonna music videos. I know Like a Prayer was one of them, but uh, I'm not a huge Madonna fan, so I don't really care. Um, she went on to d- direct the sequel um, that was released in 1992. And then, of course, the second film adaptation released in 2019, where they just tweaked a few things from this screenplay flopped him around to make it a little different it was okay it definitely wasn't the best it was all right i'm not gonna shit on it completely like i do remakes all the time i mean i'll be the first to say actually that uh there's a couple remakes that i do enjoy hills have eyes is one um texas chainsaw with jessica beale's another because let's face it it's jessica beale i mean the cameraman had some fucking fun filming her and uh yeah, this one stars uh, Dale Midcoff as Lewis Creed, uh, the father. And he wasn't in much. He was in a f- bunch of TV shows that I know nothing of. Uh, Denise Crosby, here we go, Trekkies, season one of Star Trek, The Next Generation, she was in that. Um, and I would know nothing about that either because I am a Jedi like my father before me. Yeah, suck on that. And uh, she played Rachel, the mother. And uh, Blaze Berdahl played Ellie annoying little fuck and uh fred gwynn from the monsters of course um he plays judd uh he's he's my favorite character in this movie by far anytime he's on the screen i'm like fuck yes it's just he just commands the screen anytime he speaks you fucking shut up and listen of course lewis in this movie didn't listen to him but we'll get to that later and miko hughes is gage creed miko uh, miko ended up being a, a, a pretty fine actor uh he was in mercury rising with bruce willis he was in uh West Craven's New Nightmare and he did really really well in uh in both of those um the film was released on April 21st 1989 grossed 57.5 million off a budget of just 11.5 and uh it was originally going to be directed by James A Romero could you imagine like as much as i love this film and i do i fucking love it if george a romero directed this like if if if, if there was like a uh, knob that you would turn And this movie was at like 80 And you turned it up For the weirdness And the gore And just being Fucking afraid And he directed this You turned it up to like 200 By far like it's, it's crazy to think about I can only imagine what it would be like If George A. Romero Fucking filmed this movie Could you imagine oh, What could have been but I'm not going to think about that because I love this film regardless. It's so, so good. In case you haven't seen it before, uh, the plot is the Creed family. Obviously, uh, Lewis, Rachel, Ellie engaged. They move from Chicago to Maine because Louis uh, accepts a job as uh, a doctor in that town. And uh, they befriend a neighbor named Judd Crandall uh, who takes him to an isolated uh, pet cemetery in the forest behind their new home. Um, but beyond the pet cemetery is uh, is the real danger, and uh, and yeah. So Lewis, on his first day on the job, encounters Victor Pascal, a jogger who is mortally injured after being hit by a truck. And he warns Lewis of the pet cemetery before dying, tells him not to go there because the ground is sour. Um, and then that night pascal appears to lewis as a ghost and leads him to the cemetery um lewis just falls down to the ground in a fetal position and is like i want to wake up this isn't real you're not real and when he wakes up he uh removes the the covers from from his legs and uh and his feet and his ankles are all muddy so he's definitely out there he's definitely out there with pascal and Pascal basically tells him like, don't go beyond there. You fucking dumb bitch. And of course nobody listens because why would anybody listen in these movies? So during Thanksgiving, um, while the family is gone because, uh, Ellie, Rachel and Gage go and visit Ellie's parents. And, uh, and Lewis stays back. Uh, Ellie's family cat church is run down on the highway by the, uh, the semis who are a big character in this movie. Um, and, uh, and Judd takes Lewis beyond the pet cemetery, deep in the woods where they reach the ancient Merrimack burial ground, and Judge, uh instructs Lewis to bury the cat, warns him not to tell anybody about it. The next day, the reanimated church returns. Yeah, bad move. I mean, I fucking hate cats, so... Whatever. Should have stayed dead. I do love dogs, though. I'm not an animal hater. I'm just more... I mean, I don't... I just don't care for them that much. I'm more of a dog lover, let's put it that way. Hate is a strong word. I dislike cats. Anyway, Rachel and Lewis then have a conversation when she returns home about mortality and dying and how she couldn't save her sister Zelda and she was blamed for her death. Zelda. We all remember Zelda. Who doesn't remember Zelda? Zelda scared the living shit out of me. Like, take your biggest fear and turn it into Zelda. The worst. I would I would have nightmares to where I'd be walking through the kitchen And I'd hear Zelda down in the basement. And I'd open the door and she'd be at the bottom of the stairs. And I'd close the door in fear and I'd open the door again. And there she is right in front of me. Holy shit, my pants at age seven. Whew. Not good at all. Craziest thing about Zelda, too, is that uh, after uh, first auditioning girls for the role of Zelda, uh, Lambert changed the course of action and ended up casting uh andrew hubastek in the role because she felt that a grown man playing the role of a teenage girl deformed by spinal meningitis made the character more frightening god damn it mary you were fucking right jeez what a move you can tell too those big ass hands no way is that a teenage girl's hands holy shit it's a teenage girl's hands if you're lifting every day lifting god knows what so sometime later, Gage is killed by a truck, of course, along the highway. Judge anticipates that Lewis is going to consider burying his son in the burial ground, although Lewis denies it. And uh Yeah, just not good. And obviously, like there's forces present there, which may have caused Gage's death. He tells him of a story of a local man named Bill Baderman who buried his son timmy in the burial ground after he was killed in world war ii but timmy didn't come back the same whoever you bury up there doesn't come back as the person you buried sometimes dead is better the tagline for the movie um yeah and after the funeral rachel and ellie leave for chicago because why not although rachel's parents fucking hate lewis so lewis is probably just like just go I'm just going to stick back because fuck 'em. And uh despite Pascal and Judge Judge's warnings, what do you think uh what do you think Lewis does? Yeah, he fucking digs his son up and buries him in the ritual site. Yeah, he sure does. Um side note, when he is going through the woods, you hear like trees drop and you hear like weird noises in the background. Well, in the book there is a character called the Wendigo. This is my this is my favorite, and I really wish I really wish they would have brought the Wendigo in a little more. They they mentioned the Wendigo a little more in the uh, in the remake. In this one, you just hear noises in the woods, and you you know it's like a force or a spirit trying to uh, you know guide them to the burial ground. But the Wendigo is a demon who is a source of dark forces that surround the pet cemetery, or AKA the burial ground, I guess. Um, and, uh, it's part of a native American folklore within the book, within his world anyway, King's world. And, uh, like I said, it's briefly mentioned in the book and then more so in the remake a little bit, but not, not much in this. And I really wish it would be. And if you want an idea of what the Wendigo looks like, um, did you ever see pumpkin head? If you, if you haven't Google pumpkin head, uh, in the Google search bar. And that's, that's really what I feel like the Wendigo would kind of look like, um, and uh, I, I really, really hope uh, that that somehow in the future, which we will get to in the news, that the Wendigo uh, pops up. But so he buries Gage. And then Ellie has a dream um, of Pascal. And uh, Pascal is basically warning them about what's going on. And Ellie tells um her mother so rachel tries to call uh lewis to see what's going on and he gets judd and rachel says judd uh what's going on have you seen lewis and judd says no and rachel says well i'm coming home and judd already knows what lewis has done so he's like no rachel don't come home don't do it so enter gage coming back from the dead
1: man the way the way he
0: kills judd oh like you you grab your achilles tendon like right when you fucking see that he slices it open and then just chews his neck out what shit's fucking crazy kids chewing your neck out damn oh god every time that scene gets me not so much the chewing of the neck. Some of the movies that I've watched and that I will review later on this show have nothing (laughs) on this movie. This movie's tame compared to the shit I've seen. But uh, yeah, that Achilles cut, it's it's bad. It's bad. And uh, that night Rachel returns uh, and, and Gage kills Rachel. And then Gage goes after his dad. But Lewis wins that battle. Um, and then Lewis decides to bury Rachel and, uh, that doesn't go over very well because that night while Lewis is waiting in the kitchen for Rachel and there's a ticking of the clock in the background, the door slowly creeps open and her eyes missing and there's like pus and blood and shit running down her face. Oh, it's nasty. And, uh, um, he, uh, he goes to kiss her because he's that fucked up. And uh, she has a knife behind his back, and he screams, and that's where the credits roll. And uh, the uh, the Ramones play at the end credits, and the Ram- the Ramones have two tracks in this movie. Um, they they eventually did the uh, the theme song to this movie too. If you never checked it out, check out the Ramones' Pet Sanitary. It's a great track. It's fun. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm usually not one to compare book to movie, but because this book was like so special to to king um i had a girlfriend at the time she uh she since um has died of gonorrhea and she's rotting in hell no i'm kidding we still talk once in a while but um she was a big book reader and i'm the big movie watcher so we'd swap interests um i'd make her watch a movie and then she'd read the book and tell me about the book and uh that's the great thing about this is it's so close to king's book because he wrote the screenplay there's a few subtle differences but nothing much Um, nothing much changed really, Uh, which is good because, like I said, there's a there's a lot there's a lot of King's works that have been put into movies that are nowhere near the the books at all, and a lot of the avid readers are really upset about that. Like The Shining is said to be one of the greatest horror films of all time, um, and doesn't follow Stephen King's book at all. So all the book readers are pissed. Actually, Stephen King himself is pissed about that one. But how can he be pissed about that one? That's like that's like Stanley Kubrick, like at his prime, best. Uh, the Shining, so 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 good. So you can't really, you can't really have that argument. At least I don't think you can. I don't know, no, no, no movies are better than the books, guys. But we're not here to discuss that because I'm not a reader. Um, yeah, so that's it for Pet Cemetery. I would give Pet Cemetery, I would give Pet Cemetery five Herman Munsters. There you go. Five out of five. It's just so good. It's such an f- interesting story. It's such a fun ride. It's creepy at times. It's funny at times. At times, I don't really think it means to be funny. But uh, but you know, like I said, when, when you're younger, sk- you know, when you're younger, shit s- scares you. And and when you get older, some stuff that scared you when you're younger doesn't really scare you anymore. So there you have it, Pet Cemetery 1989. Definitely one of my favorites. If you've never ever seen it, please check it out it's so good and if you have seen it watch it again this is one of those where i can go back and i can watch it whenever i want and still enjoy it as much as i did the first time um i recently watched it obviously in order to do this even though i basically know it by heart and each time it's just the best just fucking watch it and uh so that's it for pet cemetery we'll be right back it's uh shaggy's house of Horrors, episode two what's going on everybody Ryan Seabrest here to tell you that we have some big things in the works here at Idiotville Productions. New shows including Shaggy's House of Horrors, Wrestling with History, and Uppy and the Stash. All on top of Trash Sports Takes, Charleston in Charge, The Cafe Music, and of course, the mothership, Eerie PA's favorite podcast, Idiotville. Be on the lookout for all of these exciting ventures, and we look forward to growing with you. Welcome back, everybody. We're going to get into some horror news. In case you were wondering what's going on in the world, the wonderful world of horror. Not whores, horror. Come on, guys. Deadline.com is reporting that a prequel to the 2019 Pet Cemetery is in the works. How about that? And what I say? I was going to bring up the Wendigo one more time. I just feel like this is the perfect opportunity to bring him into the fold, show us what he's got, and what kind of happened with the Native Americans and that burial ground? Please, just go that route. Just do it for me. It began filming last week. Big names involved are Samantha Mathis from Super Mario Brothers and Broken Arrow. I met her at a convention. What three or three or four years ago now? I mean, who knows? Obviously, the last uh, the last couple years we haven't been able to do much. So. Um, It's been a little while since I met her, but she was great. She was a sweetheart. And of course, legend Pam Greer is going to be in it from, I think a lot of you probably know her from Jackie Brown more than anything, Tarantino's Jackie Brown. So she's in it too. Um, and, uh, I guess the storyline, not much, uh, released yet about the plot, except for the fact that it's an origin story about a family discovering the burial ground for the first time and is set to debut eventually on Paramount plus you guys know me. I'm a physical media whore. I would rather own the movie than ever stream anything. So this whole Paramount+, Plus, Peacock, Netflix, Disney+, plus I mean, I'm not hating on it. I don't pay for any of them. I use r- certain relatives' uh, logins if I really want to watch something. But it's like I'm such a Stephen King fan that – you need Hulu to watch this one. You need Netflix to watch this one. You need Paramount Plus to watch this one. And it's just like everyone complains about cable being so expensive. But if you own 10 fucking streaming services, it's probably the same damn price. I don't know. Because it's a thing. When this prequel comes out, they throw it on Paramount Plus, And then if I want to watch it, I don't want to have to pay for Paramount Plus. I mean, I guess if they have a free trial, I could watch it. But just for that, I mean, I guess. I don't know. I'm a hater, I'm sorry Um, Also, I'm thinking about getting a guest in here Real, real soon Uh, They mentioned something to me That they wanted to go see the new uh, Candyman The new Candyman is coming out August 27th It's of course another one A direct sequel to the original Candyman That was based on the short story The Forbidden By one of my favorite authors Clive Barker Who is also um, the director of one of my favorite Horror movies of all time 1987's Hellraiser Definitely going to be doing that one at some point Um, so I'm going to watch that one and, uh, throw a guest in here and we're going to talk about it real, real soon. I'm also looking to, uh, get an interview with somebody. I'm not going to disclose any info on that just yet, but, um, a lot of exciting things happening here at Shaggy's house of horrors. So be on the lookout. Um, as you guys know, you can find me on Facebook. You can message me. You have any ideas about the show. You have any, uh, input you'd like to, uh, throw my way. Uh, jump on any of the topics that i put up there Uh, the world is your oyster just come visit uh you can message me twitter at shaggy 0077 um so we'll get that poppin. cbr.com is reporting uh courtesy of fathom events and grindhouse releasing the evil dead returns to select theaters on thursday october 7th at seven thirty p.m those in attendance will be able to catch a special special wow i can't fucking talk a special introduction from bruce campbell himself the evil dead was the first film of a trilogy of films featuring campbell as ash williams a college student who must battle supernatural demons in a busted cabin in the woods produced on a short shoestring budget. The, uh, the evil Dead helped launch the career of, uh, Sam Raimi, who a lot of you probably know, um, as a director of the, uh, trilogy of Spider-Man films with, with Tobey Maguire. So, uh, Thursday, October 7th, evil Dead returns to theaters. I don't know if we'll get it. We only have one theater here in Erie PA and it's, it's shaky with stuff like this. Um, when they do special anniversaries of films, uh, although it is the 40th anniversary of it and it's, you know, October is that Halloween mode. So maybe they'll get it if they do get it. I'd, I'd like to get a, a group of uh, uh, fans of Shaggy's House of Horrors and Eerie uh, PA and actually uh, go see it as a group even. Uh, that would be really, really fun. So there's... And then also here's your uh, physical media update of the day. ShoutFactory.com is set to release Halloween 1 through 5 on 4K UHD October 5th. Special bundles are also available on the website um, with vinyls and stuff like that included. Let's face it, one, 1 and 2 are classics. 3 had nothing to do with Michael Myers, but it was still it's still up there in the uh, echelon of entertaining horror movies. Um, 4 was good, starring Daniel Harris. I'll be meeting her in November at Horror Realm. And then uh, 5 is a fucking dumpster fire. I mean you might as well just throw it in the trash and throw a match in there and just watch it burn. I'd rather take a high grade sandpaper to my cock than uh than watch Halloween five. But so that's it. Shop factory's releasing that. Um gonna have uh a lot of exciting a lot of exciting things happening here at Shaggy's House of Horrors. So be on the lookout for all of it. And uh, you know, you know where to find me if uh you need anything else. This has been an idiotville production home of such shows as wrestling with history up in the stash le cafe music trash sports takes and Erie's favorite podcast the mothership idiotville we'll see you next week stay scared Do you know what a graveyard really is well i guess not a place where the dead speak